This is Sports Radio 100.9, The Myth. You've waited patiently all day. All week. They were patient. They didn't get rushed. But Great Lakes Bay region, we finally arrived at the payoff from high school. Tyler from three, and she's been automatic tonight. To college. Just wait until March, bro. To the pros. Light some scented candles and eat our oranges. We cover everything a Michigan sports fan could want. This is uncharted territory. And now, here they are. It's the payoff. The payoff. In the dark. <laughs> Lights off in the studio today. They're doing some sort of testing for a light show behind us in the ballpark today, John. Something they're, along those they're lines. They're doing it. It's, you know, it's going to be a promotional video put out by the Loons very soon. So, so. We, so we got a little, little lights off edition. Well, you do. After I'm hours in, edition. I'm in the lights. You're in the dark. Uh, speaking of in the dark, uh-huh. I wanted to lead off with the Lions today. But okay. about an hour before the show starts, <laughs> you tell me this incredible story from this morning that I just have to insist oh, you sure. share with well, everybody No, else. we're still going to get into the Lions. Don't worry. We'll make nope, it quick. Nope. But <laughs> we're no, talking not, about this the entire show. Happen. No NFL picks. No, so, scrap it. So I, I go to the gym today, and I go to the Midland Community Center, uh, sponsor of the station, uh, or at least of the Loons, and I get an energy drink beforehand. So I, you know, put down my stuff into a locker, and I locked the locker and I realized, you know what? All right, I got to go use the facilities. So you, I leave. Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean by the facilities? The bathroom, Ben. Re- okay. Read between the lines okay. for me. So I, I'm like, all right. So I'm not going to reopen the locker and put the energy drink in. And really, there was no place to put it. So I'm like, I'm going to leave the energy drink, which I've only taken about one or two sips from, right outside the locker, like just pretty much right up against it, a closed locker. I go to the bathroom, like two, three minutes. I come back. Ah, I don't believe you. I come back. Bottle's gone. I'm like, what the heck? Maybe someone stole it. It was, you know, cold and it was pretty much filled to the brim. I look into the nearest trash can and it's there. So someone took it, poured out a full energy drink into a sink and then threw it out. This one's on you. That I, I, I mean, you shouldn't have is, opened it. It is. But it's like, but I, I just, I took it from the car. I, I started drinking it in the car. What do you want me to do? Bring it in the bathroom with me? Uh, I think you're lying about something and, here. And it's not like I don't there's think a, you no were in food the bathroom or no drink for policy two, in the locker room. I don't think you were in the bathroom for two, three minutes. I, I think you were there for much longer. No. That, would, that would be my guess. Someone's lying here. And I don't, I don't think, do you think someone poured it out? Like, was the drink all over the trash the, can? It, or the, did someone chug it and steal your drink? Maybe, and that's a little more acceptable to me. If you're wasting it, what are you doing? If someone just, <laughs> which is even funnier, if someone just chugged it <laughs> and then threw it out, and it was sitting right, it was an open garbage like, can yeah, where you could this see guy. in. <laughs> I want my drink. Yeah, it, it was empty. I could see it, like, full confirmation, and I was pissed. Well, I, to be honest, if someone did chug it, yeah. Funny, but also disgusting. <laughs> you just found a random energy drink in the locker room of a gym and decided to drink it. Here's a throwback. That's a devious lick, Ben. You like that? No. <laughs> what? Is. How about just not take your time in the bathroom, John? Oh, that's take all right. Take care of your business. I'm going to bring it next time. Don't worry. I've learned. Bring it right into the stall. Why not? <laughs> that's what obviously, you know. But I do, I do enjoy the community center. But 
We usher Oh, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, <laughs> go prop the, the sponsor up on the pedestal. Well, no. <laughs> go, go, you know, be, be a part of it. It's great. Just don't leave your drinks anywhere. No, no, no. But if you see any drinks left yeah, somewhere. Yeah, especially energy. If it's ghost energy drink, take just it. chuck it because it's probably mine. Take it. Drink it. Send us a video of you doing it. <laughs> if you see John at the community center, steal his energy drink the second he's not looking. He doesn't even like him. You can take it from him. Uh, he won't fight you back. <laughs> great. Uh, John, we got to get into some lion stuff. Oh, we do. He's back. Who am I talking about? How about CJ Gardner Johnson? Listen, the Lions are negative six in turnover differential this year. That's 25th in the league. Since week seven, it's even worse. 14 turnovers. That's the third most in the NFL in that time frame. You're bringing back C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who's about as big as a playmaker as there is in the NFL. Six interceptions in 2022 that led the league. He can play corner. He can play safety. He can play nickel. Can play him in the box. Use him in blitz packages. He's a Swiss army knife. That doesn't even get into the intangibles of what he brings on and off the field. The things that don't show up in the stats, in the box score. He's not only one of the leaders of this team, he's kind of who this team has embraced as their identity. The team formed their identity around this guy at the beginning of the season. At least the defense did. This show didn't exist at the time when he tore his pack at the beginning of the year. So we never got to talk about the blue ski mask thing, but that was all CJ Garner Johnson. He had the entire city of Detroit changing fashion trends. He had Amazon sold out of blue ski masks. He influenced that to say he's not one of the most important people on this team, not players. One of the most important people would be a lie. Now, do I think C.J. Gardner-Johnson's going to return and fix every problem this team has on defense? No. That'd be an unrealistic expectation. He doesn't come with some package deal that includes an edge rusher. He doesn't solve every problem. But what he might be able to do is bring some attitude back to this defense that has looked lifeless for about a month. Maybe more. He's going to be jawing at everyone in practice. During games. And who knows, maybe this lights a fire under everyone on this team. They start playing with an attitude, with an edge, with a chip on their shoulder, with a dog mentality, going at the other team, making it personal. I mean, you know the you know the LeBron, or not the LeBron, the Michael Jordan stories where he would just make up stuff in his head to make it personal. That's the kind of stuff CJ Gardner Johnson brings to the table. All of the stuff he brings that's intangible that you can't described by numbers that's not going to get him paid if you're not in the building. Only the people in the building understand that from an individualistic standpoint, he is one of the most important people on this 53-man roster. Yes, he's one of the most important players, but I think he's one of the most important people on this roster, John. And now he's, he's not playing this Saturday. Dan Campbell already shot that down. But if we want, we can play the audio right now of Dan Campbell talking about C.J. Gardner-Johnson's return. It is back to what we said. He's one of the X-Men. He's got these mutant genes because he has healed extremely quickly. And it is, he's gotten the strength back. It is secure. He's going to be ready to go here pretty soon. You're going to ask me about this game. I don't know. Maybe we play in this game. 
Is that what you're asking? No, I'll what? just ask if the practice window starts next week. I promise you won't play this game. <laughs> I mean, Brad and I need to talk about it, but it's good news. And certainly the plan will be, let's get him going ASAP. That would be the plan. Get him practicing, getting his legs back under him, you know, get him in shape, football shape. But that's great news. It's a credit to him, too, now. He's been, he's been working. Yeah, he's been working. X-Men. It's the best way to say it. What he's bringing to the table is on. This wasn't supposed to be an injury you come back from this season. <laughs> he tore his peck. And he's already back before the season ends, John. I, I don't understand how he did it. It's a credit to him. It's a credit to his ability to want to get back. But this dude brings some stuff to the table that I don't think anyone else on this roster brings. He's a dog. This is the same dude who's flipping off other fans blatantly in Ford Field. Yeah, and this is a guy in C.D. Deuce who last year in Philadelphia was integral in terms of them getting to the Super Bowl. Uh Uh, You know, obviously hasn't proven anything yet in Detroit, even though his first two games, and I guess a game and a half, right, uh, were pretty strong, actually. Two pass defenses and nine total tackles. He's going to add to the secondary, and he's a guy you wanted at the beginning of the season, and there's no excuses in the NFL, but he was a part and really a key guy, not just in your secondary, but as you mentioned, in this total defense. So getting him back ASAP is imperative for this team because they need all the secondary help they can get, and he's not going to fix all their problems, but he was part of them sort of rebuilding on the fly or retooling, however you want to phrase it, a secondary that was not great last year and got off to an okay start this year and has looked terrible since week nine. So you need this guy back immediately. And again, a torn peck, nothing to mess around with, good on him getting, you know, rehabbing back. And he knew, yeah, I got to get back because one, there's going to be a spot waiting for me and that's hundred uh, percent confirmed. And two, they need the help. They need the help. (laughs) That's an understatement. Yeah, and obviously, too, he knows, like he was last year, even though he was a rental in Philadelphia and may turn out to be a rental in Detroit. We'll see. Uh, He's on a one-year deal, but he got to the Super Bowl last year. That's Uh what's been fueling him to potentially get a ring, and he would join, you know, as of right now, not going to play this weekend, but a 9-4 and team. This is a, a big moment for him, and... The Lions need him probably more than he needs them at this point, honestly. So what I want to ask the listeners is this. I understand. I acknowledge he's not going to solve every problem. But can he light a fire under this team, under this defense? Can he be the spark that this defense needs? The one that brings them back to how they were playing for the first month or so of the season? Because let's not forget. I mean, that Seattle game, yeah, they, they ran up the scoreboard. But outside of that, the first month, first five weeks, this was a pretty good defense. This was an above-average group. It had its problems. It wasn't one of the best in the NFL, but it was a good group. Is this the spark the Lions need? Is C.J. Gardner capable of reviving that type of defense, bringing back some attitude, and turning the corner on this slump that's been the last two months of the year, the last six weeks of the year, really? They've been in a slump. Let's all acknowledge that. Is C.J. Gardner-Johnson going to be the reason they turn the corner? 989-837-6125. I get it. It's one guy. It doesn't solve anything. But I think it's the intangibles for me that have me so excited to bring him back. Because now all of a sudden, in practice, you got people jawing at each other. Raises the level of competitiveness. In practice, in games, you got guys playing for each other now. Having someone like that, because I don't know who's that guy right now on the defense. Who's that guy that's chirping at everyone? Who's that guy that's picking fights? 
I'm not saying go get penalized for anything the way like DK Metcalf would and get thrown out of a game. But the guy who's in other dudes' heads on the other side of the ball, the guy that is causing people like DK Metcalf to get thrown out of games, they don't have someone like that right now. There's no one on the roster, at least on the defense. I mean, I think Panay Sewell is like that. But Hutch isn't, isn't an instigator the way that C.J. Gardner-Johnson is. No one in the secondary is. You can't be when you're getting torched. Alex Anzalone's a great player, but he's pretty level-headed. He did have that, that out-of-bounds hit, but he's usually pretty calm. He's fired up with his own team, but he's not going to waste his time jawing at the other guys. They need to bring someone in, and this is part of the reason they brought CJ in in the first place, to light a fire under these guys, change the attitude, shift the culture a little bit, because let's not forget, at the beginning of the year, the culture of the defense was CJ Gardner-Johnson. The identity of the team was C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He had Amazon sold out of blue ski masks. 60,000 people showed up to Ford Field in blue ski masks. That's, that's some wild influence right there. And now you're bringing him back. Not this Saturday. He's not playing this Saturday. But the following week against the Vikings, a game that potentially clinches you the division, you got who's supposed to be your second or, or first best player on defense back. Now, depending on how you view Hutchinson, where his development is, can blame it on him not having any help. C.J. Gardner-Johnson's one of your two best defenders. So I asked the people, do you think this guy can light a fire under the defense and help the Lions turn a corner? 989-837-6125. Because if he can, and they can finish out this season strong, and we roll into the playoffs exactly how this tr- how this season started with the hype train going a hundred miles an hour. That's a scary sight for everybody else. I know I've been harsh on the team. I know I've addressed all the problems for the last couple of weeks, but if CJ can light the fire under these guys and they turn a corner and roll into the playoffs with momentum, full head of steam, Ford field's going to be a scary place. 989-837-6125. You're listening to the payoff fueled by forward energy. Yes, just wondering on your 6 o'clock in the evening show, the two guys that you have, all they do is bitch about the Pistons score. Now they're bitching about golf's record as a quarterback, best we've been in how many years. Just a little less negativity on this show would be great. What do you, I don't know. What do you want us to say about the Pistons? <laughs> They've lost 21 games they in a row. They win two wins. There's nothing negative. There's nothing positive to say about the Pistons. Hey, you know what? They're meshing well together. They're, uh, you, you know, Monty looks good in his uh, in his uh, quarter zip. Actually, I hate you. Like, I hate you. Come on, we'll, we'll get to the Pistons and leave a name next time. But gotta love it. We'll get to the Pistons. Uh, no, let's not. No, no, okay. no, no, no. We will. Oh, um, great. Ah, I shouldn't have said that. We're driving everyone away. No yeah. one wants to listen to the Pistons. Now, maybe we'll get to the Pistons, depending on how long this, this Lions conversation goes. But right now we're talking about C.J. Gardner-Johnson, mm-hmm. who Dan Campbell confirmed today is coming back next week, sometime next week. Well, they didn't, they didn't specifically say next week, but all implications lead to he's going to be back next week when they take on Minnesota. In Minnesota. Now, if you win this Saturday, you win in Minnesota, you clinch the division for the first time since 1993. If you ask me, C.J. Gardner-Johnson coming back is one of the most important pieces to this defense being added back to it. Is it going to turn this into a top 10 unit? No. Hell, it might not even turn it into a top 15 unit. 
But the last four, five, six weeks, this has been one of the most, one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Plain and simple. Look at the DVOA, look at the PFF. All signs point to this being one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Now, CJ Gardner Johnson comes back. This is a dude who makes big plays in big time moments. Six interceptions in 2020. You can play him in the, or 2022. You can play him in the box. You can play him at corner. You can play him at nickel, anywhere. And he's going to make plays. He's going to cause havoc. That's one thing CJ Gardner Johnson does well. He causes havoc, whether it's with his play, whether it's him jawing at the other team. I think he's going to light a fire under this defense and kind of revive them a little bit. What do they call the infibulators? Is that what they call it, John? When you shock someone? Yeah. The fibulators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This defense is dead. CJ might shock them back to life. That's what I'm hoping for here. And I think, I, I don't think it's that crazy to say it could happen. With all he brings off the field, all the intangibles, his leadership, how everyone's looking up to him, everyone's embracing him, playing with the chip on his shoulder. I mean, when was the last time you saw a Lions defender jaw at someone? Get into it, not a fight, but start arguing, get into a tussle with a dude. This is football we're talking about. Having guys like that, having a crazy dude in the secondary, it's going to light a fire under everyone. I think this is a turning point in the season. When you need him the most, when you need someone like that the most, you're getting him back. Now, if they can ride that hot hand, turn a corner, going into the playoffs, and you pick up momentum and steam like you had at the beginning of the year, Ford Field's going to be scary in the postseason, John. You're going to be real scary. <laughs> you, you need, I mean, we're not trying to uh, make him to be some savior type figure, but the Lions defense needs something here. Uh, yeah. It needs help in the secondary. He, he's not going to be, you know, obviously going to help this pass rush by any means. That still needs to improve. You know, certain assignments, the linebacking position needs to improve. And you've touched on it plenty of times with Glenn's play calling, which I think actually took a step in the right direction in Chicago, but sure, man. still needs to be, I'm still going to die on that hill. Sure. Still needs to be, uh, you know, rectified uh, in a lot of different ways, but having more talent in the defensive backfield and having Gardner Johnson, who also, you talk about what he brings from a physicality unit uh, or uh, aspect and what he brings to the locker room is just like a culture guy, a guy who's, you know, I, I think a, a unique personality, players like him. He also comes from winning. Like, he's been part of postseason teams. Maybe not right. a Super Bowl is still what he's chasing, but he's a part of those Saints teams that made the playoffs uh, consecutive years towards the tail end of Sean Payton's tenure. He was on the Eagles last Which I year. I believe Dan or Aaron Glenn was part of that coaching staff and as I, well. And I'm sure Campbell was for a certain point too, right? Right, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like they, they brought him in for a reason, and, and he completely bought in. And again, small sample size, but played well in those two games uh, that, that he suited up for before the pectoral injury. It, it, it's more of, and I think he's going to add, obviously, with you know X's and O's and stuff, but it is more of a morale boost for this locker room right. that you've been talking about because he injured, he tore his pec. I mean, it, it's not like he, you know, something off the field happened and he should, you know, he was a, he was away from the team for a bad reason. No, he this, tore his pec. This and dude tore his back and is somehow back. And he's expedited through the rehab process. Right. And, Way quicker than anyone expected him to. And and we played the clip earlier quicker than his head coach expected him to. And, you know, Dan, Dan Campbell's a pretty tough guy. Like, <laughs> he knows pain. He's been injured. He's He's been a player in the league before. He's impressed with what C.J. Gardner-Johnson's willing to do to get back on the field, the work ethic he put in. And... 
honestly, too, obviously it's going to be a little bit to get back in motion, but he can't be much worse than what you got right now. <laughs> like, you're not really. Wrong. So that's why it feels like, oh, maybe we're overblowing it or, you know, you're, you're talking about him like he's the best cornerback in the league or the best secondary player in the league, what have you. Well, they need something, right? Yeah. They, they need Jerry Jacobs not to uh, cover the number one receiver for a little oh, bit, that'd, right? That'd be great. You know, that'd just maybe great. a couple reps off. Maybe maybe a little bit of a switcheroo. That'd be nice. And, like, just something. And I get it. He only played two games. And don't forget, he played the rest of the Seattle game with a torn pec. Mm-hmm. He he tore his pec on, like, the first or second drive of the game yeah. and finished the game, mm-hmm. which is remarkable. Um, but for anyone who forgets, for anyone who's not reading training camp articles, this was the story. This was the Jamal Williams replacement. You lost Jamal Williams, who was your locker room guy, kind of a leader of that portion of your team, the heart and soul that was replaced by CJ Gardner Johnson. And I don't like just say this, just rambling into a microphone. There was every beat reporter was talking about that, how they loved this dude. He was like a magnet on that team before practice, after practice, he was just a, a, a ray of sunshine that had this team fired up to play football, had them happy to be there. And I think, and, and that doesn't even get into once the game starts between the between the hashes. He's an animal. He's a beast. He's different. He's he's looking to get in people's heads. He's looking to get guys like DK Metcalf ejected. He wants to get in your head. And I don't think anyone on the Lions defense is like that right now. So I'll throw out the number again, 989-837-6125. Do you believe CJ Gardner Johnson is the guy who's going to light a fire under this team? under this defense, and and can they turn the corner because of it? I think yes. And now, we're not we're, he's not playing this Saturday. To be honest, well, I'll save that for tomorrow, John. You're not going to be here. I, I, I've got a whole thing on tomorrow's, or on Saturday's game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. Um, I think... Hopefully some more optimism there, Mr. Grumpy Pants. <laughs> Why are you bashing them? They can't cover anyone, and they've allowed uh, 30 I'll in every this. game in the last three weeks. I will preview this. We'll talk about the Lions for the full show tomorrow. But I, I can tell you right now, it's going to be a little bit more optimistic. Not because people are telling me to be more optimistic, but because I truly do believe uh, this team's heading in the right direction to close down the year. I do think they're going to turn a corner. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say uh, when I think they're trending downwards and tell you that they're trending up. That's just not who I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm thinking. I'm going to tell you what's on my mind. And for the past month... This team has been trending downwards. But there's optimism now. There's light at the end of the tunnel. This C.J. Gardner-Johnson thing had me... I was already a little bit fired up thinking they could trend up, but when the news broke this afternoon that C.J. Gardner-Johnson was going to be back, I'm in. I'm back in. Ski mask back on. I put the ski mask back on. I jumped on the hype train. Wow. I'm I'm in the front row. I'm ready to rock and roll the rest of the season. Four weeks left. Four weeks left. You got Denver at home Saturday night. Kind of weird. You got Minnesota on the road, Dallas on the road, and then Minnesota back at home. Dome, 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 dome. Dome, 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 dome. 989-837-6125. We'll hit the Frick Sports Bar text line next. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. The Payoff continues. More from the Great Lakes Bay region's home for sports. Sports Radio 100.9, The Mitt. 
989-837-6125. We still got NFL picks to come. John's freaking out about something. Some news broke. We'll get to that in just a second. <laughs> uh, but we'll hit the Frick Sports Bar text line first. Uh, one more time, 989-837-6125. Our man, Dwayne from Bay City. CJ Gardner-Johnson is a very important part to the team, but what good is it if our defensive line can't generate any pass rush? CJ should have been on the sideline pumping up the team the whole time. That's what real leaders do. Wow. I, I don't know. I, I want this guy recovering. I want this guy getting healthy. It's a torn peck. It's not like it's, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't fault CJ Gardner-Johnson for not really being around. I don't know where he lives. I don't know if he's at home, John, but uh, well, it is what it is. I, I don't <laughs> think he's less of a leader since he wasn't there mm. the last couple months. I don't know. I don't know. I think they got enough on the sideline. There's enough jabronis over there. I, I don't know if he can make an impact the same way he does when he like just once he gets onto the field. That's well, kind mean, of what he's good at. You, you, you sort of you sort of make a deal with your teammates too. Hey guys, I'm not going to be there, but I'm going to rehab to get back as soon as possible. And then it I, I rather you, it worked. I rather you go through an extra physical therapy session on a Sunday afternoon with the game on on a monitor than being there and not rehabbing at all. And it, and it works because he's back early. Sure. This is the same guy who's flipping off other fans, like blatantly in front of cameras. This guy doesn't care. <laughs> um, Jeremy from Beaverton. Our guy. <laughs> uh, Hutch would be, but he is busy being held every play. Hutch would be what? I'm guessing the, the guy that oh. you think Gardner Johnson's going to be once he I returns. I, don't, I think Hutchinson was drafted to be the best player on this team. On the roster, both sides of the ball. And is he? No, not yet. He's still young. I think that's what he was drafted to. But I don't think Hutchinson brings the edge, the chip on the shoulder, the the fire ever under everyone's butt that C.J. Gardner-Johnson brings. He's kind of one of a kind in that that regard. Like, he's he's made enemies across the NFL, not just <laughs> in a Lions uniform, but for years and years. This is a guy that people hate playing against. Debo Samuel doesn't like him. D.K. Metcalf doesn't like him. Nope. That's just to name a few. I'm sure there's more. Uh, Scotty Miller. <laughs> is he still in the league? I don't know. <laughs> uh, pick that up. Anthony Miller. He's got two Millers. He doesn't like what do you just Google CJ Gardner Johnson. Yeah, he's over there. His, that's why I do. I prep before the show, Ben. Oh, thanks. Uh, nine, eight, nine, eight, three, seven, six, one, two, five. Jalen from Midland. CJ coming back is great, but I believe his energy needs to be put on a chip or put a chip on the defense's shoulders and offense's shoulders. Both units are not playing up to their capabilities. This defense needs to play angry and out of their mind. That's exactly what CJ brings to the table. He plays angry. He plays like someone <laughs> He plays like someone is holding his family hostage. Oh and the gosh. only way he can get them back is if he wins. That's Jesus. how he plays. You didn't I guess like you, you, want didn't, that. you didn't like that one? Nah, it's a little dark, man. Well, much. I know you're sitting in the dark over there. I, it's, I don't know what's going on behind me. I'm gonna They're have doing a, a light show. I'm, I'm going to have a seizure. Just this keep, is distracting. Just keep looking forward. That's uh, how winning is done. James from Ann Arbor. That old guy in the radio talking about... I don't know if I want to finish this. That old guy in the, in the radio talking about being positive sucks. The Pistons <laughs> are hot, smelly garbage. Period. CJ Gardner-Johnson doesn't make us better if our D-line and offense won't make the hell up their mind with a sense of urgency, the entire Lions team needs a pl- needs to play like their job depends on it. That's how CJ plays. I, I think I think this is going to make a bigger difference than people realize. I do, uh, but yeah, the Pistons the Pistons do suck. Uh, 
Mr. Snackman chiming in. <laughs> Great. I love it. What's what's your favorite snack, Mr. Snackman? Uh, let the fire be lit because... Let the fire be lit, but it's only going to be a spark. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But is that I all think they it need? might be a fire. I think it might be a fire. You want a fire? You saying it's a spark? Well, hey, sparks can cause fires, right? There you go. That's the that's the first step of you spark a lighter, right? You don't fire a lighter, I guess. Man, all right, we got to move on. That's great. Uh, what are you? What were you freaking out about over break? I'm not freaking out, but if you saw, and if not, this is why we're telling you, and you're listening to the radio. Uh, Bruce Feldman of the Athletic, along with Kennington Smith the third, reports that. Alabama and Nick Saban, who are, of course, playing Michigan in the semifinal college football playoff game in the Rose Bowl. They're hiring former Michigan assistant coach George Hilo. He was the linebackers coach from 2021 to 2022, but he started his college coaching career as an intern at Alabama all the way back in 2012. So 18 days before this Rose Bowl game, Saban's bringing in a guy that has coached under Jesse Mintner. That wait, wait. knows is what? he allowed to coach this game? He is being put to work immediately, says the article. And so there's they a, don't touch on the I guess if it's legal or not, but if Saban's doing it and it's reported and no one said anything yet, it's something you could do. So they brought in a someone who was on Mich- Michigan's coaching staff last year. To help yes. get ready for this game. Yes. Does he have like a full-time job or is this like a, hey, you're hired for the next month? I don't know. the. Uh, is that allowed? Apparently, he was the linebackers coach in his second season last season. So, and what's wait, really so, crazy, he so went can, to Mississippi. So he went to a rival of Alabama and then, okay, was brought in as an intern, but he's trying to help Bama win. Guy went to Ole Miss. This sounds like a plant. This sounds like <laughs> Nick Saban had this guy as an intern and said, you know what? Rather than sending out interns, sending out, people with whatever Connor Stallion's job title was, I'm actually going to have you go get hired by Michigan. There you go. So that 10 years from now, when we play them in the playoffs (laughs) in the Rose bowl, I can hire you back and we can scout them from within. What's illegal about that. This seems like a plant. Yeah. And he went through the ranks. He was a safeties coach at Georgia. Then he became uh, pretty much a safeties coach again at Colorado state. Then he was a special teams coordinator at Maryland before getting the Michigan job. And now is brought in by Nick Saban. This doesn't seem like it should be allowed. He's just joining their staff like right now. Yeah. And he's going to help. He's a linebackers coach. Yes. It's definitely unique time. So wouldn't you be able to help out the, the Alabama offense in turn? When was he last at Michigan? Last season. So he coached while JJ was there and while this and Corum was there. So how this just seems like. Exactly. <laughs> okay. This, to say that he sent out his uh, his interns and then they got other jobs and now he brings them back. I don't know, man. That's some that's some crazy stuff. Did you see the leaks that came out? No reporter's been on this, but you know subreddit. Uh, sure. That this is this is going to be Nick Saban's last last year. Oh, that he's going to hang it up after this. That would be nuts. Would he, Would you think he'd still hang it up if he got? If he lost in the the first round, and then he was just done going uh, you, out with an L. You know he I he's a hard guy to read with that stuff. Where he's already passed Bear Bryant, it's probably something I should know for the most my head. most wins uh, for most titles. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because I think that's something that 
means a lot to him. I mean, he's 72, man. I know he's 72. Would you be would you be shocked if he just stepped away, walked away? <laughs> I wouldn't. What more does he have to prove? No, nothing. I mean, his legacy. He is... sees this 12 team playoff. He sees the transfer yeah, portal. No, he's like, I mean, to hell with this. I'm I'm gonna go live on a beach somewhere. That's what I, I mean. Has a lake house. Yeah, you can't blame him, can you? He sees all this stuff going on, transfer portal, NIL. He said, I'm good. I've won my titles. I did it when it was harder. He wants to go out. And t- he, Bear Bryant's got six, all at Bama. Saban has uh, seven, but one of them was at LSU. Ah. So you, there you, you know go. What's, you know what's it, crazy? The 3-1 was at S- uh, LSU. You know what's nuts to me? This is like... That he coached at LSU? You know he coached at Michigan State, right? <laughs> I do know. What's, he coached with the Cleveland Browns, what too. What blows my mind, one of the saddest things I've really ever seen... Mm-hmm. Is the Michigan State fan base now just putting on Alabama gear and supporting their <laughs> quote unquote? We're Why su- not? We're supporting our former coach that left us right before a bowl game. That left us to go to LSU right before a bowl game, and now all of a sudden, the, every Michigan State fan's an Alabama fan. That's sad. Alabama. That's some little brother activity right there. Wow. Because you, you want to, uh, and you can say, "Well, we're supporting our former coach." Okay, then what was it last year when there was two guys at the MSU basketball game wearing TCU shirts? What was that about then? The <laughs> Michigan State fans, man. The Michigan State fans are something else. So are the Pistons fans. Yesterday at LCA, we got a chant of sell the team going. Sell the team. I'm so proud of the people who were there. This is long <laughs> overdue. I've been screaming to anyone who would listen for a year and a half. Troy Weaver needs to be fired. They need a new coach. They need a new owner. And somehow they've been on a 21-game losing streak and yet still have not made any moves, any trades. No one's been fired. Hell, we haven't seen the owner or the GM once in front of a microphone in this 21-game losing streak. They might break the NBA record they are seven games away from breaking the NBA record for most consecutive losses. And we haven't heard from the GM or the owner. Guys, the Pistons are wasting Cade Cunningham's career. Wasting it. Throwing it down the drain and turning the garbage disposable on. Anthony Edwards, Franz Wagner, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, Lamella Ball. What do all those guys have in common with Cade Cunningham? Those are his peers. Everyone I just mentioned was 22 years old. And while all those other people are improving immensely, showing off their talents, putting their development on display, hell, Anthony Edwards might be competing for a title this year. While all those other guys are balling out, Cade Cunningham is stuck in hell with no help. What has anyone in this town done for this kid to help him out in the last three years? Name one thing we've done to help this kid out. His coach has new rotations every game. His GM can't put together a sentence, let alone an NBA roster. And his owner is nowhere to be found. He might be in a foreign country for all we know and has no idea they're on this losing streak. We haven't heard from him. This organization is doing Cade Cunningham a disservice. They say, to, to, to say they're obliterating the early stages of his career, I think would be an understatement. He doesn't owe this organization anything. I get it's been disappointing. I don't know how much of this can be put on him. He has been set up to fail. And to be honest, 
If he asked for a trade tomorrow, I wouldn't blame him. I'd, I'd send him out. Not that I want him to leave. Not that I don't think he can be a star. But I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think he can be a star here. Not the way we treat our, our people. Not the way this team is run. It, it's sad. It's sad, John. It's pathetic the way this organization's run. We've wasted a, a number one overall pick. There's no way that kid's succeeding here. It's just not happening. You mentioned if uh, having the GM have a conference. What would you like to hear in that press conference? Anything. <laughs> we Anything. suck. Tell me why you thought this roster together would work. Hey, tell guys, me why Monte you thought Morris, the four- man, he's got to come back. Uh, yeah, Monte Morris is going to solve all the problems. I I would love to see this guy in front of a microphone and me to be asking him questions. Oh, I'd have a lot of questions for him. I'd have so many. We'll try and get you a press pass, man. <sighs> Wouldn't that be the dream? 989-837-6125. NFL picks still to come. Thursday Night Football in action tonight. Just a few hours away, you can listen to that on 100.9 The Mint. I'll throw the number out one more time. 989-837-6125. NFL picks on the way. You're listening to The Payoff, fueled by Forward Energy. Back to The Payoff on the Great Lakes Bay Region's home for sports. Yeah, everybody looks good at home. Sports Radio 100.9 The Mint. You know, John, I know we joke around that the Thursday night games stink, and I know there's no way to predict injuries in the NFL. And at this point in the season, week 15, you don't really know who's going to be good at this point. But Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell. What is this? What? Why is this game on? They can cancel this game and no one would care. There's like four Chargers fans that exist. One of them's that bot lady that the the NFL planted. And then all the Raiders fans, they don't care about this team. They're all still in Oakland or in San Francisco or wherever wherever they come from. Wow. They're probably going to be so drunk at the game they don't remember the game. That's, That's Vegas for you. Yeah. Uh, you've got a spiel on, on Mr. Michael calling the we'll game. We'll do that you know, in the, the picks. The lo- you've oh, you got to okay. do your lock of the day first, uh, boy. Yeah. I, well, thank you. So, new segment. Uh, hit it, John. Lock of the day. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right. This has to do with <laughs> Thursday night football. You like that one? That was well this produced, This has to then. do with uh, Thursday night football. Like I said, Chargers versus Raiders. Easton Stick is playing quarterback for the Chargers. I don't expect him to be throwing the ball downfield very often. No Mike Williams, no Keenan Allen. You're relying on the butterfingers of Quinton Johnston, the, the rookie. Or Austin Eckler. Exactly. Austin Eckler. Ooh, over what? five and a half. No, no, no. Over four and a half receptions. All he has to do is catch the ball five times. You're getting plus odds for that. That's oh, my lock of the day. That I love that. I love that. Oh, yeah. Give Thank it to you. me. All right. I'm actually going to place that right now. I'm, I already did this morning. As soon as I saw it. Uh, lock of the day didn't hit yesterday, but we're bouncing back today. We're never going to lose two in a row. Locks of the day. Let's hope not. Uh, all right. It's that time of the week. Week 15, NFL picks. Chargers Raiders. What do you got tonight, John? Uh, I don't care about this game. (laughs) Uh, Listen, I'm going to listen to it if I'm in the car because that's what I do, work at this station. Not going to throw this on, but I may consider it, and I may monitor Twitter because earlier this week, the guy calling the game on Amazon Prime, Al Michaels, he was told he was not going to call a playoff game for NBC. He moved from NBC to Amazon Prime to call these games, but NBC sort of kept him in a legacy role. You'll call one of our playoff games because we have three of them, yada, yada, yada. He's not doing that this year. But you know how Al Michaels found out? 
Andrew Marshan in the New York Post called him up and said, hey, what are your thoughts and comments about not, you know, being able to call a playoff game this year? And Al was like, what? Huh? Guy's 79 years old. He called how many World Series? How many Super Bowls? Miracle on Ice? Does that ring a bell? And they dismiss this man. It, 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 it's honestly uh, uh, just a thing in this country, too, disrespecting of our elders. And this is going to be the goodbye to wow. an American icon. It, it, it's unbelievable. Makes me sick to my stomach. And I get it. He'll be fine financially. He's a legend, whatever. But that just stuck in my craw because it's going to happen to all of us eventually. And that really pissed me off. So I hope Al scorns earth tonight. If he's not going to call another playoff game again, does he really want to end his year on some meaningless Thursday night game in week 18? No, he should just take pot shots the rest of the year. You know, he doesn't give two craps about tonight. Neither should you. I'm out. <laughs> Keep going. We got to get all the picks in. I'll say this. Al Michael, my favorite. One Al of Michaels. My, Al Michaels, my favorite football broadcaster of all time. But can and he, I don't care if he's washed now. Okay. I don't care. Okay. I don't care. Well, maybe, you, you maybe, could, and, and it might have been the right decision to dismiss him from the playoffs and, and go younger and go with the Big Ten crew of no eagle Todd Blackledge. That's fine. But to do well, it the way they did it, disgraceful. Maybe it's because he's acted like he's being tortured every Thursday. Don't care. That's part of the charm. Every game sucks. It, it that, sucks. That's true. Which is why I'm not betting on tonight's game other than, the, other than the lock of the day. Uh, which, again, is Austin Eckler over four and a half receptions. All right. Three different Saturday games. I'm in on them all. <laughs> <laughs> Vikings at Bengals. Bengals are favored by three. I'm out on this one. Uh, I'm in. I'll take the Bengals to cover. It's been over three years since Nick Mullins has won a road game. Jake Browning is second in the NFL in yards per attempt. Five touchdowns, two interceptions, already almost to 1,000 yards on the season. I love the whole story behind him using Joe Burrow as a mentor. Even though he's older, he's looked up to Joe Burrow, has done everything he's done, ever, everything in his power to be able to fill in when necessary, and he's done a good job. And by the way, John, mm. This is a revenge game Ooh. for Jake Browning, who was cut by the Vikings multiple times. Wow, look at you. Multiple times. Vikings, two and four on the road this season. I'll take the Bengals at home. Uh, Steelers at Colts. Colts are favored by one and a half. Who you got? Yeah, I'm going with the Colts in this one. I have them minus one and a half. They are at home. They got actually lit up by Jake Browning in Cincinnati last week. Mitchell Trubitsky, though, isn't Jake Browning, believe it or not. And this is maybe a almost like quarterfinal rounds of the play. Like, I don't even know how to describe this one, it's but a, this is going to yeah. have playoff implications. Yep. Uh, I'm going to take the home team. I'm going to take Indy and what's pretty much glorified pick them. I believe in Minshew more than uh, yeah, Trubisky. Me too. me too. And that's the only reasoning I need. Uh, I'm with you. Colts minus one and a half. I'll be taking that too. 82% of the money is on Pittsburgh to cover. Don't know why Trubisky's been bad this year. Minshew hasn't lost a home game since October. The Colts are rolling four and one in their last five. Listen, the Colts need this. If, if they win this game, their playoff odds go up to 76%. So wow. they yep. need this one. Uh, so I'll take them too. Broncos at Lions. There we go. We'll preview it more tomorrow, but real quick, who you got? <laughs> I have the Broncos plus four and a half in this one, Benny. Right. Bro. I know you're going to be high on them tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to that return. And they might win this game. I'm not saying they're not going to win it. Yeah, I fair. just think it's going to be really close. Uh, this is a Denver team that does well 
against the pass. They actually have the best pass defense in the National Football League. Yeah, guess so the what? Lions they can't gonna, stop a soul well, running the ball. Well, that's what they're going to have to do. But if Denver could just figure out some bit of the run, I think they're going to keep this close. And again, this Lions defense has not looked good. Not that Russ has been cooking all too much. He's been cooking maybe slightly. But I think Denver's going to stick with them. I think they're going to cover the points. And I mentioned it earlier. I said 30. I meant to say 25. Last five games, longest active streak. Lions have allowed 25 game, well, uh, 25 points per game. Well, what are we doing? We'll get into the X's I, and O's tomorrow. But I, if, I think they're, I think they're going to cover. So Broncos plus four. If now. Frank Gore decided Sorry, to play Detroit. his 18th season, he could probably run for 200 yards on this Broncos <laughs> team. I'll take the Lions to wow. cover four and a half. Bucks at Packers. I'm out. I'm out. Uh, Packers favored by three and a half at home. Giants at Saints. Saints minus six. I'm out. Once I, I'm not going to mess up this quote. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. This Giants team has me believing again. They're one game out of a wild card spot. This is a Saints team that's not impressive. This is a game in a dome. Not saying the Giants are going to win by any means, but Derek Carr is going to beat the Giants by more than a touchdown. Get out of town. I'm going with the Giants plus six. First time I've gambled on them in a while. Jeremy from Beaverton chiming in. Great show tonight, guys. Honestly, love the energy. A couple of takes were way off. Uh, of course. Yeah. We, we th- I thought he was <laughs> Why would you read it? You knew it was going to be. A, uh, oh, I'll, I'll start with a compliment and then I'll bash him. Let's move on with He's the picks. Be, okay. Okay. Um, three Saturday games. Really weird. Uh, Falcons minus three. In Carolina, division game, I'm out. I have the Falcons minus three. If All you've right. followed these picks, I've actually bet Atlanta the last three weeks. I'm two and one. The Bucks just had a game-winning drive last week that shifted the game. Right. Previous two weeks, Atlanta won. They're taking on the Panthers. I don't care if this game's on the uh, uh, on the road for Atlanta going to Carolina. The cheapest ticket for the Panthers this week, you can get in that building for $14. Oh my God. It's an NFL game. You can get in there for $14. Like $300 I, to get in the field. They have one win. They're minus three because, okay, they just lost to the Bucks. The Falcons are 6-7 and seven, along with the Saints and along with the Buccaneers. They're still vying for a division. I'm going to pick the Falcons here to cover the minus three as a road favorite. Yeah, there's only five road favorites uh, this week. You're taking... You're taking the Falcons to cover divisional game. Okay, Texans. C.J. Stroud didn't practice for the second consecutive day. Texans at Titans. Titans are minus three last time I looked. Yeah, Titans are a scary team to me just based on that uh, Dolphins result, so I'm staying away. I can promise you this. Derrick Henry scoring a touchdown. This okay, dude, look this at you. This dude murders but the But not Texans. the lock of the day. Well, it's it's not Sunday. That's uh, fact. Jets at Dolphins. Dolphins only favored by eight and a half. We don't know if Tyreek Hill is going to play. Yeah, I'm out on this one. I, I think... Uh, the Jets are going to make this close, but I think it's double-digit close rather than, you know, eight and a half. Like, maybe they lose by ten. Uh, this team looked terrible without Tyreek Hill. I'd like to know if he's playing yes. before I gamble on it. Uh, Bears at Browns. Browns are minus three at home. Yeah, I'm going with Cleveland here. Uh, they have Flacco fever, and Flacco's been a capable quarterback. He is the definition of what we stated earlier that – Jared Goff is sort of turning uh, the opposite of this, and that's, okay, he's not going to make the play that wins, but he's not going to make you the play that loses the game. Joe Flacco knows how to not turn over the football. He makes the smart reads, and if it means throwing it away or taking a sack, this Cleveland defense doesn't need too many points scored. If the Browns get above 20 on Chicago, which I think they can, they're going to take it, so I have the Browns minus three. I'm with you. 86% of the money is on Chicago. Uh, Justin Fields, mobile quarterback. Browns do a great job of locking him up. Last time they played Lamar Jackson, he went 13 for 23, one touchdown, two interceptions, and three sacks. That was in mid-November. Browns are 6-1 and one at home. I love the value here. Uh, all right, moving on. Chiefs, minus 8.5 in New England. 
Yeah, I'm staying away. That's it. Just since we, it feels like give a weird it to game, me. The give Chiefs. it to me. Give oh, me the Chiefs. No, he's doing everybody, it again. Everybody folks. hates the Chiefs right now. They're public enemy number one for the way they behaved after the Sunday night game. This is your go take your anger out on Bill Belichick game. Chiefs have the third best scoring defense in the NFL. New England scored the least amount of points in the NFL so far this season. That alone should get the job done. Then taking into consideration, Patrick Mahomes is on the other side. Gladly we'll take the Chiefs here. Commanders at Rams. Rams minus six and a half. I'm out on this one. This is a uh, this is a toughie, but the Rams are trying to play for maybe a potential matchup against the Lions. I like the over <laughs> here. These defenses can't stop anybody. That's and fair. I will be very upset if Stafford comes to Ford Field because he will destroy us. Uh, nice. 49ers minus 12 and a half in Arizona divisional game. Yeah, just because it's a divisional game, I think that line's a little too big. I'm staying away, though. You know, Arizona's pretty dreadful. Uh... Okay, I've already made five picks. That's typically how many we make. But since we're not doing college this week, you wanted to do college. You wanted me to bet on like Southern. Uh, yeah, bet on a bowl. You game. wanted me to bet on like Southern Iowa playing Montana Tech in the Applebee's Bowl. Not doing wow. that. I'll pick a six NFL game. Here's where I'll come in. Cowboys on the road. Bills are favored by one and a half. This is a must win for the Bills. They're in must win territory. I will ride with Josh Allen. I, I don't mind that pick. This this to me is a, is a tough one. Cowboys obviously on the road and not the much you know, different on the road. It is, it is, and it's going to be obviously cold. It's Buffalo, New York, uh, or Orchard Park to be more specific. But I, I don't know with this one because the Cowboys look awfully good, awfully impressive. Already at ten wins. So Ravens, I'm out. Ravens minus three and a half in Jacksonville. This is Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I have to get. I have to just see with the Trevor Lawrence health. I'm staying away from this one. Ravens haven't impressed me in the last couple of weeks either. It's uh, just a game I don't feel the need to bet on uh eagles minus three and a half in seattle yeah and this is where i get my sixth and final selection uh the eagles have burned me over the last couple of weeks they've uh, lost the last two games but this is still a 10 and 3 team going against a seattle defense that really can't stop the run i think philly's gonna run it down their throat projected rain in seattle no surprise there and i think the eagles just run the ball down their throat and geno smith's not 100% healthy. I think this is a game the Eagles are favored on the road and I think are going to take it. I, I tend to agree with you there. I'm starting to think I probably should have taken that. Uh, Texter chiming in. Do you think St. Brown will get a receiving touchdown on Saturday? Well, how about how about this? Tease it for tomorrow. Yeah, oh! you did it for me. Listen to tomorrow's show. We'll go over the Lions. I'll discuss everything you need to know. Storylines, key matchups, keys to victory, gambling. Of course. <laughs> well, of well, course. Of course. I've kind of I've kind of been on fire with the Lions prop picks throughout the season. Uh, tune back in tomorrow, six o'clock, for the payoff. I'll take you through everything you need to know. Then you're on a high school game tomorrow, right, John? Yes, we are. It's going to be Bay City John Glenn versus Alma. Coverage starting at six fifty. There you go. You heard it first here. Thanks for listening to the payoff. I hope it was worth it.